seek your face tonight. If that's your cry, just lift your hands. God, we've come to meet with you tonight. Our soul cries out to you. Our flesh cries out to you. We want to know you. We want to encounter you in a deeper way. Just lift your voice in your own words. Begin to lift up your hunger. Lift up your hunger. Lift up your voice. Worship the Lord tonight. Welcome to Celebrating Restoration at Stratford Heights. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Friend of God, He calls me friend. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. 
Come on. Well, good evening. Well, that sounded pretty good. It's good to see you tonight. Turn and look at somebody and tell them, man, you look better tonight than you did this morning. might get some of you in trouble so delighted to have you and to see you on a Sunday night here at Stratford Heights Church boy didn't we have a good service this morning did you enjoy Kyle Short's testimony <laughs> I've heard just all afternoon I've gotten comments about how he has touched and changed lives a gentleman stopped me at Lowe's and said man were you in the church service this morning I'm like I'm the pastor <laughs> No, he, he was so just touched by the service and by the testimony. And man, you just really, you impacted and touched a lot of lives. As a church, we're very proud of Kyle Short, aren't we tonight? Amen. Tonight, you know, I'd gotten the word. Ron Ward met with me and he said, you know, Braille Boulevard, Town Boulevard, and all these other churches in Middletown are running the celebration, restoration service. Are we gonna run it at our home church? And I was like, well, I guess we better. Uh, so we, uh, we got together and, and they have got some, if you enjoyed Kyle Short's testimony, hang on to your hat because there are other folks here who have been set free, rescued, touched by God's power and their lives have been turned around by the way the Lord has touched their lives. And that is what's important tonight. And you know what? We celebrate restoration tonight. And we're not ashamed of that. We won't apologize for that. We're here tonight to say we thank God and praise God for deliverance that comes to people. Now, you may not. You know, someone made a comment to me the other day. They said, well, you know, is it, is it just all about drug addiction or alcohol addiction? I, no, it's not. You know, it's about any kind of hurt, habit, or hang-up. It's for any problem, any concern, anything that has ever taken place in your lives. You know, somebody says, well, I don't have any of those. Well, that's your first big one. <laughs> because we all, everyone needs recovery. If you're born in this sinful world, you come in needing a Savior. You come in needing restoration, and you come in needing healing in your heart. But I'm so delighted that we have folks who are committed, dedicated. This program was birthed out of Ron Ward's own rescue, how God touched his life and brought him out. And I think he would even appreciate and say that it goes hand in hand with other ministries, and especially our ministry here out of our church, Celebrate Recovery. The team there that runs this on Monday nights here and, and so many people that are involved. How many of you are involved in Celebrate Recovery? Let me see your hand. Wow, so proud of you and glad that you're here tonight. So we welcome Celebration Restoration, a, tonight, a night where we are going to enjoy and praise God for freedom. But we want you, let's begin, if you wouldn't mind, with prayer. And ask the Lord to just be with us from this moment all the way through this service as we give God glory. Father. As we come before you tonight, we thank you. We honor you that there is a way of escape. That, Lord, we're not left 
to the woes and the schemes and the traps and devices of the enemy in this world. But God, you've made a way out. You started it all with your coming to this earth and you finished it all when you hung on the cross. You gave your life for us that we might know freedom. We thank you for that. We thank you for people who are dedicated to helping others with a hand up, to bring them up and out of what David called the mire and the clay. Thank you for that. Lord, we tonight celebrate with those who have been set free and on our being set free. And we thank you for your presence that's here as we begin the service tonight. We pray your richest blessings on our gathering. May it honor you and lift up heaven. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. I want you to turn a smile to somebody before you're seated and let them know they're in the right place tonight in church.
it lightly.
worship you. Amen. You enjoy the, uh, the Celebrate Recovery worship band that's here with us tonight. Aren't they doing a good job? You may be seated. We thank you for all those who made kind comments about glad I was home and that I wasn't eaten by a polar bear. I went looking. God gave us such a wonderful experience there in Alaska. And if you weren't here this morning and were able to see the slide presentation and to hear the testimonies, just a wonderful time. Maybe I'll get to speak with you about it on a personal level. But God's given us a great rapport and relationship with the Barrow Alaska Church. I want us to be praying for them and with them as we continue to help them in the, uh, the building of that kingdom church there at the top of the world. They are the northernmost city in the Americas, right in the Arctic Circle. And it was cold, cold. But God gave us a great time while we were there. Wonderful miracle, many miracles. The scripture says, but this I say, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. How many of you would testify tonight and you'd say, God has always came through, is always blessed and provided for me and for my family. Would you make that known? The testimonies are all over this house. I am lifting my hand right with you. God is an awesome God. He takes care of his people. Before we pray tonight, I want to remind all those who going on the Winterfest uh, trip this next weekend. We love and support Winterfest. We have been, one of, we were one of the founding churches way back in the day, about 35 years ago. And uh, it turned, it, the first, first time we ever went, there was about 150 students at Winterfest. Nowadays, they have well over 100,000 that attend this event. So our kids, our young people, they're going to be going on the Winterfest trip this weekend. We're going to be praying for them. You won't see them again. All of you that are going to Winterfest, I want you to stand if you would, if you're here tonight. Amen. I want us to, to pray over them in this prayer. As we pray for our giving, I want us to pray for them. As they go on the trip, not only to have safety, but also that they will have an experience, an encounter. I've been telling you, I've had tremendous memories of taking young people down there for 20 years so many beautiful experiences i'll ne never forget one night half of our group was laid out on the floor and they were under the power of the spirit of god and sister sheila we had to literally pick them up and carry them to the bus and they sat on we just sat them on the bus and just stacked them up 
good memories of the things that God has done. So we want to pray for them. And if you would, now that you see who they are, why don't you stand with me? We're going to have a joint prayer together. And as we do, let's also be reminded to pray over our offering tonight that God will provide for the needs of his people. That always takes care of the church. Father, as we come before you tonight, we thank you that, Lord, you take care of us, that you've done more than just be a God sitting on a throne way up in heaven and and not be attached or touched. You said you're touched with the feelings of our infirmities, that you're the present help in the time of trouble, that, Lord, you are there as a God full of desire to meet the riches, richest needs and the heartfelt needs, the provision needs of your people. I pray that you will touch us today. Let your mighty hand rest on the offering. Let your hand be upon those that are able and willing to, to give and to support, and, Lord, meet the needs. And we especially tonight, Lord, pray for our young people. We pray for Pastor Cameron, Pastor Whitney. We ask you to bless them, touch them, minister, Lord, to the kids who will go on the trip, all the chaperones, all the workers, everyone who's going to be a part of this weekend. We pray over them safety for their travels. And, Lord, we ask you from the moment they hit the ground in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, that, Lord, your presence, your Holy Spirit will encounter them and touch them, keep them, Provide for them, and Lord, let them experience your presence in a mighty way. Let lives be transformed and changed in that weekend. And we will never fail, Lord, to give you the honor. We love our kids. We love our young people. We ask you to bless them, keep them, and Lord, set a fire in them. Let the enemy go on notice that the, the young people of Stratford Heights Church of God are not going to be the same. And we thank you for this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. There will be a Winterfest meeting immediately after service tonight. Where are you going to meet, Cameron? In the choir room. So if you're part of the team going or if you're part of, if you're a parent or a guardian, then you'll need to meet with them in the choir room. God bless you. As a... Uh a former Winterfester. I remember that year. They carried people out to the bus, just kind of propped them up and let them go. I'm telling you, there is something so powerful about people getting in a room where there is hope and there is grace and there is freedom to worship. One of the most important things in our life is to never lose the hope that it's not us, it's Him. He's the one who changes us. He's the one who moves us forward. He's the one who gives us our strength. This song, it's one I hold really close to my heart because there have been times in my life where I've had those highs, where we're at Winterfest and it's great. And we're on a missions trip and we're packing our pockets full of the blessings and the things that the Lord pours out. But then there's those other times where we're trying to find recovery, whether it's from addiction, whether it's from pain in our own lives, the lies we've told ourselves, the lies others have told us. And there was a time in my life where I don't know why, but I lost my hope. I lost my joy. I would go to great services. I would be around great people. I would get in my word and I couldn't find him. And I'm telling you, I was doing everything I could and I couldn't find him. Lord, 
I don't see you, but I'm going to keep moving forward. And each day I put one foot in front of the other. And in the midst of that time, the Lord dropped this song in my path. And I thought, oh great, that's a good song. It's good. I like it. It's good. And I just, you know, I was there, just standing there. I couldn't get through my, I don't even know what it was. I didn't have an, you know, addiction. I didn't do drugs, didn't do alcohol. I mean, I got other stuff in my life that <laughs> constantly working. I didn't have anything like that though. I just lost my hope. And this song came to me. And every day, in some way, the Lord would drop in my spirit this song. There is a God who loves me. And that's all, all I would hear. There is a God who loves me. And I would keep putting one foot in front of the other. I would keep seeking him. I would keep praying. I would keep reading. There is a God who loves me. But God, I don't see you right now. God, I'm so heavy. There is a God who loves me. There is a God who loves me. I'm telling you, the Lord does not want you to go without hope. Because as I walked through this time, and I kept moving forward, I will say that. There was days where I just wanted to throw my hands up and go, Lord, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? I'm doing everything I know to do. But I kept moving forward, and little by little, it just invaded my spirit. This God who will not let you go, I am telling you, He will not let you go. He will pursue you because He loves you. Over and over and over, there is a God who loves me. There is a God who loves me and He wraps me up. He will not let you go. I don't know what it is you struggle with, but everyone has something. Whether it's an addiction, whether it's not feeling good enough, whether it's not believing that you're worth the grace and the love He pours out, I don't know. But there is a God who loves you and He will never, ever, ever stop pursuing you until He has your whole heart. And I'm telling you, as I walked through the days, the dark days, because they were dark days, little by little, light started invading my spirit because I chose to let that hope in. I chose. I said, God, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know you're going to come through for me. I know that this is going to lift. It's not going to be like this anymore. And I'm going to keep walking forward because I can see it. Those little treasures. When we were in Europe, Ray always said, pack your pockets full. I would just pack it full. I said, Lord, I know. So as we sing this tonight, as we sing this, know that the God of all creation loves you beyond anything you can ever imagine. And He will pour into you, pour abundantly into you until you're overflowing enough that one day you wake up and you don't remember that you were heavy. You don't remember that you felt lost. Because I woke up one day and I was on the other side. I woke up one day and I was like, Lord, there you are. My head, I could lift my head up again. I didn't feel like I was just trudging through, trying to get through every day. Because he's that good. He'll never, ever, ever let you go if you're a people that seeks him. God. And there is a God who loves me. Yeah.
God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Tonight, I want to introduce myself. Some of you know me. I'm Ron. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggled with meth addiction, sexual abuse, suicide. And tonight, we're here to present to you what God is able to do for us that we can't do for ourselves. And tonight, I have the pleasure of introducing a young man I love how Pastor said that all of these ministries are intertwined, because they are. Met this young man through Esperanza ministry at this church. I only heard a piece of his testimony. And I thought, wow. He was one of the first individuals to do one of our testimonies at our very first event. And I got the opportunity to hear his full testimony. And as I looked around, there was not a dry eye in the room. And I would like to introduce you to Carlos. He's gonna come and share. Is he out there? Carlos? Carlos? Vamos. Damas y caballeros, Dios les bendiga. Mi nombre es Carlos Herrera. My name is uh, Juan Carlos Herrera. Uh, soy de Honduras, Tegucigalpa. I'm from Honduras, Tegucigalpa. Vengo a dar mi testimonio, a exaltar el santo y bendito nombre de Jesús. I'm going to give the testimony and exalt the name of the Lord. Cuando yo tenía siete años de edad. When I was seven years old. Tuve un gran impacto en mi vida. I had a very impact in my life. Que grabó mi vida. And that impacted really bad in my life over here. Cuatro hombres mataron a mi papá al frente mío. Four men um, in front of me, they killed my dad, they murdered him. Cuando yo miré a mi papá, when I saw my dad, tirado muriéndose y yo sin poder hacer nada, laying on the floor and I couldn't do nothing for him. Yo solo lloraba. I would, I would only just cry. Crié con odio en mi corazón. That brought hate into my heart. Matar a los que a mi papá. Wanting to kill those people that killed my dad. Me en una en so I went into a gang. Ser el, el más Wanting to be the one and the strongest and the leader. Me en muchos problemas. There was a lot of problems. Casi me matan. I, I almost got killed. Estuve también a punto de matar. I almost killed someone else also. Después me vine, me vine para Estados Unidos. Then I came into the United queriendo States. Cambiar mi vida. That changed my life, wanting to change my life. Cuando yo venía por el Distrito Federal, la capital de México. When I was uh, coming through the, um, um, Mexico. Me dan una noticia que mi mamá muere del corazón. That's when I received a, a notice that my mom uh, died of a heart failure. Yo me iba a volver loco porque I was going crazy era mi mamá. because it was my mom. 
lo que más quería en mi vida. Was the best thing, the most thing that I loved. No hallaba qué hacer, estaba bien confundido. I couldn't, I, I didn't know what to do. I was very confused. Mi hermano me dijo, no puede regresar porque era ilegal en México yo también. Uh, they told me that I couldn't go back and because I was illegal and I couldn't. Seguí para adelante, no pude ver a mi mamá, no vi cuando la enterraron, no so tuve I, en su velorio. I, I didn't go back, I, I, I couldn't see my mom, I, and I was invaded with hate. Llegué a Estados Unidos, nadie me comprendía, estuve bien perdido en la droga. Nobody understood me here in the United States, I was deep into drugs. No era feliz. I was not happy. Tú ibas a poder ver en mi rostro un rostro amargado, tú ibas a poder ver en mis ojos, ibas a poder... You could have seen everything. You could have seen that hate, that unhappiness in me, in my eyes, in my, in my face. Me involucré más en las drogas aquí buscando un refugio porque no era feliz. I went into drugs to see, to find some refuge. Un día maravilloso. Estaba en mi casa y no podía, no podía más. But one day I was at my house, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with this no more. Yo me acordé que mi mamá era and I remembered that my mom was, an um, was a Christian evangelist. Mi mamá me decía, Hijo, and my mom la would única tell me, Dios. the only answer is God. Yo nunca quería obedecer. I never listened. Yo dije, yo voy a poder salir adelante. Yo sí sé que existe Dios, pero yo puedo. I know that God exists, but I, I can do it on my own. I know I would get out of this. Estaba confundido. I was confused. Me encerraba en mi cuarto. I would go into no my room. No quería saber nada de nadie. And I didn't want to know nothing about nobody. La droga era mi felicidad. The drugs are, were my happiness by then. Era el engaño que el diablo me ponía. It was the deceitfulness that, God, that the devil put in me. Trabajo en el roofing. I worked in roofing. Uh, una semana gané $1,440. In a week I, I earned uh, $1,400. Me fui para un bar. I went to a bar. El día siguiente, the following day, empecé a sacar dinero de mi bolsa. I went and take, I took money out of my pocket. Un dólar, I dólares. would take out a dollar or so. Era tremendo porque llegué a rejuntar como 60 dólares. I would go and then um, I put together about 60 dollars. Y me puse a pensar si yo tenía $1,440. And I thought, well, I had $1,400. Y tengo $60 dólares ahora. And now I have, um, I just barely have $60. Mi vida no sirve para nada. My life is worthless. Estoy confundido. I'm confused. Sin papá, sin mamá. Without mom or dad. Soy un hombre, pero completamente confundido. I'm a man, but I'm a very confused man. Un día. And then a day. Tomé una decisión. I took a decision. Dije, me acordé de mi mamá. And I remember that my mom. Mi mamá me decía, la única salida es Dios, hijo. That, that she would say to me that the only answer would be, would be God. Dije, voy a ser serio. And I'm going to be a stable man. Voy a aceptar al Señor Jesús en mi vida. I'm going to accept Jesus Christ into my life. Y yo sé que Él me va a cambiar. And I know He's going to change me. Estaba en mi casa yo solo. So I was there in my, in my, in my house by myself. Tenía marihuana en el closet. I had marijuana in the closet. 
dije and I said, agarré la marihuana la tiré a la basura I took that marijuana and I took and I dije ya no it. voy a fumar más I'm not gonna smoke se acabó no todo Everything is done. voy a lavar y exaltar el nombre del Señor Jesús aleluya santo Dios aleluya acepté al Señor Jesucristo en I mi vida accepted Jesus Christ into my life Recuerdo que un día estaba orando ahí. I remember that one day I was praying on that side. Recibo una llamada de Honduras. I, I had a call from Honduras. Estaba orando, no, no contesté. I was, I was praying, I didn't answer. El día siguiente en la mañana veo un montón de llamadas perdidas. Then the following day I saw a very, a lot of missed miss call from Honduras. Era mi hermano que me decía. It was my brother that was telling me. Mataron a mi hermana anoche. That they, my, my sister got, got killed. Pero antes de que todo eso pasara, But before all that happened, mi hermana no, no había aceptado al Señor Jesucristo. My sister hadn't, hadn't accepted Jesus. Y Dios hizo un milagro en mi hermana. And God made a, did a miracle in, in my sister. Porque le habían pegado tres tiros. But because they, she got shot three times. Uno en el pecho y le atravesó la espalda. One in, in the chest got through and through. Uno en la mano y uno en el abdomen. One in the, in a, in a, in a tummy and one in a hand. Yo llamé a mi pastor Brian. I called Pastor Brian. Le dije, mi hermana está agonizando. And I told him, hermana. my sister is dying. Se va sin Cristo. She's go she's going to leave without Christ. Mi pastor Brian conectó a mi pastor Rey. And uh, uh, Pastor Brian um, connected me with Pastor Rey. Conectaron más pastores y los pusimos a orar. And then all three we started praying. Yo recuerdo que mi hermana estaba agonizando y sin Cristo Jesús. I remember that my sister was dying without Jesus Christ. Dios hizo el milagro y esa vez no murió. And God made, did a miracle and she didn't die that time. De los cuatro hermanos que somos. Out of the four of us. Un hermano, un hermano de ellos que aceptó al Señor Jesucristo es pastor para la honra y gloria de Dios. One of us, one of, one of my four brothers that all four of us are one is, is a pastor right now for the glory of God. Mi hermana fue a la iglesia donde pastorea a mi hermano. My sister went to where my, my other brother is a pastor. Y aceptó al Señor Jesucristo. And she accepted Jesus Christ. A la semana la mataron. A week later she got killed. Todo lo que yo puedo ver de esto. All I can see out of all this. Es la mano poderosa de is Dios. Is the powerful hand of the Lord. Porque la Biblia dice. Because the Bible says. Que no temamos al que puede for a, matar, matar tu cuerpo. For us not to fear the one that can destroy the, the, the flesh. But the one that could destroy the soul. A ese temer. To, the, to hell. Ahora te voy a decir algo. But now let me tell you something. Tengo una sonrisa en mi vida. I have a, a smile in my life. Siento el poder del Espíritu Santo. I feel Santo. the Holy Spirit. Soy un joven bien feliz. I am young man. El hombre más feliz de la tierra. Happy, the te voy happiest a decir man of the earth. I'm going to tell you why. Porque he confiado en Dios. Because I trusted the sé Lord. Sé quién es Dios para Because mi vida. Because I know Aleluya. who is the Lord wow. in my life. Aleluya. Aleluya. Te digo algo. Let me tell you something. Yo vivo porque Dios vive y Cristo vive en mí. Aleluya. 
Tú me ves llorando, lloro de felicidad. Tú me ves ahí cuando yo me siento y levanto mis manos. You see me there, I lift my hands. Por eso no tengo vergüenza. That's why I'm not ashamed. Porque sé de dónde Dios me ha sacado. Because I know where God had brought me out of. Sé quién él significa para mí. I know who is the one in me. He encontrado la felicidad en Dios. I found the happiness in life. Mi vida ahora es trabajar. Now my life is work. Y servir a Dios en iglesia lo que yo pueda. In anything that I can, and, and just be present with him. When I was in drugs and getting restored, trust the Lord because He's the one that can get you out. Because He can do it. Just give Him all your life. Para él no hay nada imposible. There's nothing impossible with Him. Nada completamente. Nothing. Nothing is impossible to Him. Te digo. Confiemos en Dios y que Dios le bendiga. Te voy a dejar un mensaje bien bonito que soy el hombre más feliz del mundo. Gloria a Dios, aleluya. May God bless you. Aleluya, gracias. Praise the Lord. Oh, don't sit down yet, please. If you would, just stand with me before we read God's word tonight, and I would really appreciate it if you just stretch your hands forward and pray for me as I bring the word tonight, because it's all about him. It's not about me. It's not about anything that I do in and of myself. But let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, we love you and praise you for your presence already experienced in this place. We thank you for the restoration that you bring us, Lord. And, Lord, we just surrender ourselves to you tonight for you to have your way. Lord, we pray, Father, for your anointing, Father God, that I may decrease and you may increase in me. That you would be lifted up, Lord, and that if there be anyone in here that may not know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that they may come to know you in a personal relationship, have a personal encounter with you. In your precious holy name I pray, amen. I love what Pastor Orwell says about the plain you know, getting the plane going. So I'm going to try to get the plane going at a high speed. And uh, I don't do outlines. I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? I got the message. I'm putting it on autopilot. So I got to make sure that I come into a crash landing and land safely. Um, but I'd like to start with the reading of the word. This is a familiar passage in Ephesians 6.10. Talking about the armor of God. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done anything to stand, everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert 
And always, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Just to give you a, a little better understanding about Celebrate Recovery, Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step Christ-based recovery program. Celebrating Restoration is an extension of that. It was birthed out of Celebrate Recovery. If it was not for Celebrate Recovery, Audrey Purdom, that we refer to her as Mamaw, little did she know that I was a hot mess, cold mess, whatever you want to call it. I was a mess. She had no clue what was going on with me specifically, but she went in and talked to pastor. I didn't even know this was going on. I did not know it was going on at all. All of a sudden, I find that Celebrate Recovery is coming to Stratford Heights. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. So I started attending. And let me tell you something. It is an awesome, awesome program. And I challenge you to check it out every Monday night, 7 o'clock. It's for all people, not just people who are addicts. It's for all people who struggle with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. You see, if I would have had that program before I got involved in the drugs, maybe I wouldn't have ever ventured there. Because I've been going to this church since 1992. My wife and I was involved in all kinds of ministry. We were involved in youth ministry. We were involved in the choir. We were here with Pastor Watkins in the morning, praying at 6.30 in the morning for the prayer meetings. Then we would go out for a time of fellowship afterwards. And that's what I want to, the title of this message is Living on the Battlefield. And that can mean anything. You see, I found as I was praying and seeking God, God showed me that when I was in church and I was faithful and I was seeking God, when those, you see, when the enemy comes against us, we do not know when the bomb's going to hit us. But all I know is when I have that whole armor of God on, Pastor, when I have that whole armor of God on, I can't be moved. I can't be injured. I can't be hurt. But yet there was a point in my life that a bomb came. In 2004, in 2004 we had a flood in our house. It took a while to get the mess cleaned up, which took me away from church. Once I started missing here and there, it was a little bit easier to miss the following Sunday, then I noticed myself getting out of ministry, dropping off ministry. I started taking off my armor and didn't even realize it because I'm a Christian. I can't tell people that there's something wrong in my life. You know, we're supposed to be strong in the Lord. But my God says that in my weakness, that he will be the source of my strength. But yet my mentality was that I'm going to make it through this on my own. So I kept trying to do this on my own and coming to church and I would try and try and try. And next thing I knew, I was like, if I came to church once a month, next thing I knew, I was indulging in pornography. Next thing I knew, I was indulging in weed. Next thing I knew, I was indulging in Coke, crack, whatever someone could give me. And my depression kept getting worse and worse and worse. And all I knew, I felt hopeless, helpless, and lost. But yet I couldn't come to the church because I'm a Christian. I can't let everybody know that I'm hurting inside. And the problem continued until the whole armor was completely shaken off of me. Now, if someone would have told me 20 years ago that I would have been out shooting dope, I would have been like, you are out of your mind. 
I'm petrified of needles. You can ask Dr. Newton, I'd pass out at a sight of needle. Literally, I did pass out one time in his office. But sin will take us further than we ever, ever could imagine. And the purpose of me sharing this with you tonight is I love what Emma said, and the worship was awesome. Thank you, Celebrate Recovery, for an awesome time helping us to enter in to the Lord's presence. But I love what Emma said tonight about it's not just about drug addicts. It's about people with hurts, all hurts, all habits, all hang-ups. And what I began to realize that I fell into this pit that I couldn't get out of. Oh, I tried. I could encounter the Lord would move. It was great. And I remember coming to church and I would, I would come in and Liz Amberger would be greeting me out the door and I'd be sobbing my eyes out, Gary. I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave the service. And she said, oh, honey, you just go home and you tell me I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of God. I am redeemed of the Lord. And you know, it didn't hit me right away. It took me a while to get it. But it wasn't just easy enough to say that. But what got me into recovery was the fact as I started journeying through this whole process, you see, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he may start with a broken relationship or a friend offering you a beer. You see, that was my first drug I ever picked up was alcohol. It's legal, right? It's okay. Then progressed to weed and dabbled in that. Because the enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to destroy us. And he will use whatever means necessary. If he can't attack me, he'll attack my children. If he can't attack me with an addiction, he'll attack me with my health. Whatever means. But see, this. The Bible tells us, us to study to show ourselves approved. We need, just as the military goes into basic training, they put on their equipment. They learn the strategies, the training, and the exercise. We have to do that every day. When I wake up in the morning, I just get on my knees, Lord, help me to stay sober today. Guide me, Lord, through the day that you would receive all glory, that you would receive all praise, that you would place a hedge of protection about me and my family today. But see, now I can look back and see where that broken relationship with me and Christ occurred. He didn't leave me. He never left me. Due to my depression and everything that was going on, I stepped away. And the enemy kept telling me, you're a failure. You're no good. You're a bad husband. You're a bad father. And I began to believe it. And I couldn't handle it. I thought, well, if I'm a bad father and I'm a bad husband, I walked out on my job because of depression. I had a great job, making great money. I walked out. I was defeated. So I kept my drug abuse kept getting worse and worse. And I remember the day that someone said, hey, as I, would, as I began to smoke meth and get me a little bit high, then they introduced me to a needle. I was like, I can't do that. They're like, well, we'll do it for you. Next thing I know, I was going from dope house to dope house, letting them shoot me up with dope. Until one night, they decided to swap out my drug of choice 
and they gave me heroin. Totally messed me up. I remember falling out to the floor. If any of you don't know the difference between meth and heroin, meth increases your heart rate. You feel like you have this energy like Mighty Mouse. And some of you don't know, are too young for Mighty Mouse, maybe Superman. You know, you have this enormous burst of energy. When they shot me up with the heroin, heroin goes directly to the brain. And it literally knocked me off of my feet. And I will never forget that day. On my way home at 3.30 in the morning, I'm calling my wife. I said, Nicole, I'm not going to make it tonight. I'm checking out. She's like, what? What? Where are you at? I said, I'm not going to make it. I said, this has never been about you. You've been an awesome wife. I love you. Tell the kids I love them. I'm not going to make it tonight. And I dropped my phone. I started losing my vision. And as I began to lose my vision, I had to pull off the side of the road. I put off the little exit, got into a gas station. I weighed 136 pounds. No one knew that I was on drugs. Who would have guessed, right? I come to church. I mean, I've been coming every Sunday, but I would show up maybe once a month. I quit singing in the choir. But I came once a month to show myself, you know, hey, yeah, I'm doing great. And inside I was dying. So I walk into that gas station, and there was two people. There were two people in that gas station. There was a cashier and a young African-American guy, which I believe in angels. I do believe that was an angel. As I went in and got my Gatorade and my Three Musketeer, I get up the register, and the cashier looks at me. And she says, oh, my goodness. Do you need a squad? And I'm like, yes. And I was gone. I passed out, and this guy caught me. Next thing, I wake up, and there's this EMT there. I think, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Everybody's going to find out I'm a drug addict. They kept trying to encourage me to go to the hospital. I said, no, 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 no. And I kept thinking in my mind, if I go to the hospital, my church is going to find out I'm a drug addict. My whole family's going to know that I'm a drug addict. The whole entire community is going to know I'm a drug addict. No, I'm not going. I literally felt my life, my spirit leaving me that night. And Ray, I remember getting in my car. You see, God's word tells me he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I will tell you, every moment in my addiction, God was always there. He never left me. And I got in my car and I said, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and rescue me. If I just get home, Lord, I'll be committed to my recovery. And I made it home. And I got committed in my recovery. I became committed. <laughs> but that wasn't enough. I got into rehab. I, first thing I did, I sent pastor a message. The very first night, that same night that I almost died. I sent him a message, and I still have it on my Facebook to remind me. I said, I need your help. Because I knew at this point, as I was dying, God gave me Exodus chapter 17. 
I will tell you there was no Bible in my car. There was nothing in my car but just me and God. And Gary, he said in Exodus chapter 17, just when Moses got tired, you see when the Israelites went into battle and Moses had his arms up praising God, the Israelites would gain ground. But every time Moses would get tired and lay those arms down, then the enemy would gain ground. And what happened was his brother saw what was going on. His brother went over and sat him down on a rock and her got on the other side and they lifted his arms up until he was victorious, until the army was victorious. And God showed me through that experience that it's okay for me to ask for help. Now I can't shut up. Now I tell everybody everything. Nicole's like, Ron, why do you tell everybody everything? I'm like, because I'm an addict. <laughs> because if I don't and I start not telling things, then I feel like I'm going to go back to my old ways. She's like, settle down, settle down. You need to be careful. But I'm so thankful because through that experience, God showed me that it's okay to ask for help. And I remember the first night, first time walking into pastor's office, him sitting in that chair. I thought it was like walking to the principal's office. At first, I was nervous. I was scared to death. I thought he was going to stone me or kick me or brutally beat me. But no, I, his eyes did get kind of big, though, as I, I told him everything. And his eyes would keep getting, whoa. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I got to tell you all this. Because I was broken. But the word also tells me the truth has set us free. And he looked at me and said the most strangest thing to me. After I poured out my heart, he looks at me and he says, Ron, I love you. What? Did you not hear what I just said? It was just pouring my heart out for 20 minutes. Telling you everything. You want to tell me that you love me? I was like, how can you love me? How can God love me? See, this is what the enemy planted in my mind and in my spirit. That how could God love me when I couldn't love myself? That was the most challenging thing. So I started getting a support team together. And finally, they realized I was just too much to handle. And they said, you need treatment. <laughs> I was like, well, thanks. And I got myself into treatment, got into recovery. Today, today, I have been sober two years and seven months, only by his grace. And I'm coming, I'm going to end this like in seven minutes, because I have a video that I want to show you before we close. But one of the things, you know, I was doing good in my recovery, and then all of a sudden, my health, I contracted a chronic illness, and all of a sudden, I got this bad news that it was over. My medication stopped working. I thought, well, I am not going to go back to the dope. I'm not going to let the needle. I had people tell me that I was going to die with a needle in my arm. And I said, I am not going to die with a needle in my arm. So I attempted suicide. I overdosed on a bottle of my antidepressants. They intubated me. I had pneumonia. I had acute respiratory distress syndrome. I was in a coma for 13 days. And all of a sudden, the doctors told pastor, told my wife, they said, listen, he is not going to make it. 
His organs are shutting down. He is not going to make it. There's no hope. We talked about hope. There was none. And basically, Nicole said, I am not taking him off the vent. So she comes to church one night. She stays up all night praying, and she comes, God, love you. Thank you so much. I love you. Because if it wouldn't been for you, I wouldn't be standing here today. You are my rock. Second to God, of course. But thank you for all that you've done. But after she prayed, she came to church, and Kathy Turner was singing, he's an on-time God. And she said, oh, that's my confirmation. And she went to the hospital 24 hours after that Sunday morning service. Now, I got to go back and listen after I came out of all this and started getting normal. I was able to go back and listen to this. I was like, really, did that happen? 24 hours after that, she goes to the hospital, and the doctors came to her and said, I do not understand what's going on, but your husband... His vitals are starting to turn around. And we're going to give you an extension. You don't have to take him off the vent just yet. So here I stand today. They told me that I was going to die. But by his grace, you see, there's nothing impossible with God. If God can resurrect Lazarus, he could do the same thing. I died three times times and had to be resuscitated three times and God literally put breath back in my body and not only does he love us that much but he loved us enough to take that volcanic ash and have it go in a different direction because what God has called us to do it will be done until the completion until he wants that work completed in us but I want to read you something real quick before we play the video. I thought this was an awesome analogy. I was sitting there in my um, Facebook. And I don't always, you know, I do. It is ministry. I don't always just get on there and play games. But um, as I was sitting there, I just had to stop for a minute and get away from that. And I just began to worship. And I wrote this poem. It says, The Cocoon. And if any of you have seen the picture of me in this poem bed, it looked like a cocoon. And it says, here I lie in this cocoon. I'm not sure if it is midnight, morning, or noon. I can hear many voices trying to figure out who. I wonder, will I wake up soon? I can hear you. Can you hear me? The medications have me paralyzed as I cannot move. Stuck in time, wondering if everything is going to be fine. Everyone around me is praying. I cannot pinpoint what everyone is saying. Then suddenly occurred, my eyes opened up while everything was blurred. As I was released from the cocoon, a new creature emerged. A new man like nothing before. The past is gone, so I don't look back. Therefore, I just focus on today so I can stay on track. And the analogy of that is sometimes we get paralyzed when the enemy hits us. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a loss of a job. And we become paralyzed and the enemy puts us into this cocoon to where we can't move, we can't speak. And that's how I was in my addiction. I couldn't move. But his grace is sufficient. And he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if you don't know him tonight, I 
I challenge you. The word says if you seek him with all of your heart, you will know him and find him. And I want to show you this memorial video before pastor comes and gives the altar call. But these are people in our church that lost the fight. The enemy took them. They lost the battle against heroin. All things are possible through Jesus Christ. There's no mountain too tall, no valley too low, that he cannot step in and move in our lives if we just surrender. We have to surrender. And I'm getting ready to land the plane right now. But we must surrender to the will of God to allow him to do and complete the work in us. Jim, if you could play the video, and then Pastor will come and share. Do the altar call. Thanks for letting me share.
Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Very familiar passage of scripture to us. It's found in the book of Psalms. We're looking at the many faces, the names, birthdays, and the days that, that folks went on from this life. We don't know their stories, but one of the things that spoke to me about the videos were seeing them was that they looked like just everyday normal people. You know, it, it, it hits every class level. doesn't matter whether you're a lawyer, a mechanic, you work at GM, a doctor. It touches every life. It touches every family. It touches every mom, every dad people that mean the world to us that suddenly are just lost because of the enemy's attacks and schemes, traps that he brings against the people that God loves. God said in his word it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's God's will that everyone make it through. You know, when the scripture was talking in the New Testament, Paul writing was talking about, you know, the people that, that kind of judge people that get in those type of situations or get in places where they can't get out and they go through suffering. Paul said, such were some of you, but you've been washed and you've been cleansed and you've been made new. Part of what a church is supposed to do is be a lighthouse. Not so that all the pretty perfect people can come together and just make themselves feel better. When I became pastor of this church, I turned a few heads a few times because, you see, I don't just sit around and preach to fat spiritual people. I'm not interested. And I've received some criticism for that. Because people think that sometimes you ought to just come to church and get fat, 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 fat spiritually. Shout and run the aisles, have a good time. And if that ain't happening, then they're mad and they're gone. They'll go to the other churches where they hit the key of C and everybody shouts and runs and has a good time, hollers. And the preacher sweats all night long and they just have church but see I genuinely believe that God has the power to rescue people to turn them upside down and to change their life I believe that this Bible is for real I believe it's the Word of God I believe it's infallible I believe it's inerrant there is no errors anywhere in it I believe that it's life and breath and that it can turn any situation in anyone's life around, no matter how impossible. I believe that God is a God of the impossible. 
And if you've got half a mind to turn towards him, if you'll just, like the Bible instructs, look to Jesus. If you'll just somehow in the middle of your alley, in the middle of your trouble, in the middle of your sickness, in the middle of your habits, your hurts, if you'll look in the middle of all of that and see Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for you, gave his life for you, that you could have freedom in this life, freedom here, not far away, not for tomorrow. I believe God wants to bring freedom to the house tonight. I, want, I think he wants to touch human beings who feel hopeless and depressed and discouraged. He wants us now to find life and life more abundant. He said the enemy comes to steal that from you, take that from you, to destroy you. But Jesus said, I haven't come to condemn you. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. He said, I've come to give you life and to give you life more abundant. And he wants you again. I want to remind somebody here tonight. You think, well, you know, religion, Jesus, that's all pie in the sky. Y'all hanging on to some hope for the future. Let me tell you, I'm walking in heaven already as if I was already there. I'm already delivered. I'm already victorious. I've already got my, my name written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm celebrating my eternal salvation right now. I'm having a little piece of heaven right here on earth. Because I can go to bed at night and I can sleep and I can rest. I went through the troubles in life. I went through sin. I was a sinner just like you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none that are righteous, none that are born holy, none that are born perfect. All of us need the Savior. Every one of us. How many of you would lift your right hand as a testimonial that he found me? He may have found you in the gutter, but he found you. He may have found you in the down and out places. He may have found you in the dark places of this earth. You may have been ashamed of where he found you, but he brought you out and he set you up on a rock and now you're proclaiming the glorious power of Jesus Christ. He saved you. I want every saved individual that can. And I know that some of you, you've got the reasons why you can't leave the pew where you are. And I don't want you to feel like you have to. But I want every person who says, you know what? I was lost, but now I'm found. I was lost. I was in sin, but now I'm saved. I want you to get out and meet me in this altar right now as quickly as you can. And while they're coming, if you cannot say that, I want you to just get up next to one of these people and I want you to find your way down to this altar as well. Amen. I want us to quote this very familiar scripture in the Psalms. I want us to quote it. We learn it as children. Brother Alcorn, I have found that as an adult, it's even more precious than it was when I was a child. It's Psalm 23. I don't know where David was when he wrote it. I don't know if he's sitting on a hill or if he was an old man. All I know is that when he wrote these words, he wrote my heart. He wrote your heart. If you know this scripture, I want you to say it out loud with me and I want you to preach it to the devil. I want the rafters of hell to hear that we believe that Jesus Christ is our great shepherd. Amen? I want you to say it with me. Let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy. Come on, say it again. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell. I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. How many of you can say that? Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. Do you ever like to just tell the devil? I know Carlos does. Sometimes I just like to tell the devil. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will be there. Sometimes I just like to tell him that just so he don't forget. You might be standing here tonight. Perhaps you were invited and you came by here and you don't have that secure relationship with Jesus. You're surrounded by a whole bunch of people right here in this altar that know right where you are. Elaine, were you lost? I mean, you were healed of breast cancer, stage two. You are a Christian. You once were, sa were unsaved. You once were lost, but God turned your life around. And then through that experience and knowledge of Christ, you found your way to healing when you needed it. How many others you found God was there when you needed provision for your babies? You needed him to be able to feed your family. You needed him to take care of a bill. You, didn't, you had the lights turned off, the water turned off, and he's been there for you. How many will tell, you, will tell us tonight, I have been in the low places of life, but God had turned my life around and I have experienced that salvation. Amen. So it doesn't matter where you come from tonight. Doesn't matter how far you feel like you've gotten in this world. Doesn't matter how low. You might be singing that country song. I was looking for love in all the low places or wrong places. You might be someone that has been absolutely beat down all your life. You're depressed. You read some of these cards tonight and you thought, wow, that's me right now. And I feel the Holy Spirit. Christians, I want you to pray right now. I believe people are here that are hurting. We're going to celebrate not only restoration that has taken place in the lives of these folks, but we're going to celebrate right now in advance for restoration that's going to happen for people who are here tonight. If you're here tonight, you need Jesus Christ. You need him to make things right in your life. You need to turn over this, the hardness, the, the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness in your life. You've made life miserable, not only for yourself, but everybody else around you. You've made your family upset. You've done all the wrong things. But here you are. You're standing here in this place. And you need Jesus, and you know you do. The Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart, and you hear that invitation. You are ready for what's going to happen right now. 
Perhaps there was someone on that screen tonight. Maybe you came because somebody said, we're going to put the picture of your loved one up here. And maybe you're so broken and hurting over that that you haven't gotten over it yet. Jesus is the mender of broken hearts, and he's going to turn it around for you tonight. No matter where you come from, no matter how far away you are, Jesus is here for you tonight. I wish I could say the church was your answer. You ready to get this from a preacher? The church is not your answer. A preacher is not your answer. The great church of God, denomination, the Baptist church, the Presbyterian church, United Church of Christ, they are not your answer. There's only one way, truth and life. That's the problem. You've went every other direction except towards Calvary's cross. Let me tell you, Jesus will not fail you. He will not reject you. He will not turn you away. You are not unworthy for his mercy. Oh, I like that. You are not unworthy for Jesus' mercy. He's here for you right now. I want you to bow your heads with me all over the place, even Christians. And if you're here tonight and you need Christ in your life, before you leave this house, I, I pray that you will right now acknowledge that need by just lifting up your hand right where you're standing here in this altar. Would you do that? God bless you, son. God bless you, ma'am, I see your hand. Anyone else? Somebody else. I need Jesus, Pastor. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Honesty time. Honesty time. I'm not leaving here until I've got things straightened out. God bless you, son. God bless you, son. God bless you, sir. God bless you, son. Christians, you're praying, aren't you? God bless you, ma'am. Sister, hands are going up around this place as the Holy Spirit is touching hearts. Doesn't matter if you've even been here before. If you've been in the altar before, you need Jesus tonight. You need things squared away tonight. You want to know that you in heaven got it going on. If you're here and you need that, that prayer answered in your heart and in your life, would you just lift your hand? Okay, several have lifted their hand tonight. We're going to pray the prayer of salvation. I want you to reach over and lay your hand on somebody. You don't know. There is, there is any number of hands. I didn't count them. There's any number of hands that went up. Men, women, young people. They're all here tonight. And they're, at, they're reaching out. And Jesus is going to meet them. They need to know that there's Jesus with skin on too. That's you. That you're going to be right there to support and love them and pray with them right where you are. So you've got your hand politely, lightly, right there making a connection with somebody in this room. Hands went up all over the room. Let's pray with them now. Now here's the prayer. Guys, listen. You lifted your hand. That's half your battle right there. The devil's already ticked off at you. He's already mad. He's got demons scrambling all over his place because he knows he's about to lose you. This is the greatest news that could possibly have it happen. He's going to lose you tonight. And so now, here you are. You're in God's house. You've lifted your hand. You're ready to make the change. You may be somebody in the hurts and habits and hang-ups. God's going to lead you out. Things are going to change for your life starting tonight. If I, if I, ain't, telling, I ain't lying to you, if I ain't telling you the truth, I'll resign myself. This will change your entire life. It'll turn you upside down and it'll set you free. I promise. And so here you stand.
This prayer is just words though. If you don't mean it from your very heart, you lifted your hand, half the battle's won. Now you gotta say it from a heart that is sincere and honest before God. And when you do, those two things together are gonna smack your heart right up against heaven, heaven's gates. And you're gonna know Christ tonight. He's gonna know you. Are you ready? Church, let's pray together. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Restore me. Change me. I need you. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. And I need to be saved. You died on the cross for me. I believe the blood you spilled at Calvary was for my sins that you rose from the dead, purchasing my salvation. So I come to you, the only Savior. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my life. I confess that you're the Son of God. I believe it in my heart. Now I say it out loud in front of all these people. So according to your word, that means one huge thing. I'm not the same person I was because in a minute's time, my heart has been changed. I am a Christian. I'm saved, as good as saved as anybody. And I'm going to heaven. I'm born again. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. Somebody ought to celebrate tonight. Amen, praise God. Praise the Lord. Wow. That's good, isn't it? Amen. Father, we come to you. And I thank you for the church. I thank you for these people that have come out on a Sunday night. I thank you, Lord, that we're not one of those self-righteous churches that, that can't handle a service like this or wouldn't be open or wouldn't make it welcome. But Lord, we, we love to hear the testimonies of people that have overcome. Lord, we love what you're doing through our people, through our church, and through ministries. I pray that you will continue to touch our church as we move forward. We don't do church as usual. We're not interested in just being an organization. We're not interested in just being a church. We're interested in being the church, the church of the living Jesus Christ. We pray that you will anoint our ministries, anoint our pastors, anoint, Lord, our people. As they leave this house tonight, may they be filled with joy. May they be filled, God, with anointing to be a witness everywhere they go, to make a difference everywhere they go. I pray in the name of the Lord for each man or woman that got saved tonight, that you will surround them with friends, brothers and sisters, who will encourage them and help them to grow in their relationship with God, with you, Father. Touch them by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we'll never fail to give you the honor, the praise, and all of the glory. For it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said amen. Now listen, before we go, and before Richard comes to make a final announcement, I feel led in my spirit right here while we're praying. Because you know at Calvary's cross, Frida, the Bible talks about how Jesus took the stripes on his back. And he took those for healing. So salvation... Calvary, the cross, is for our sins 
and it's for our infirmities. It's for sickness. If you're sick in this house tonight and you need a healing touch from God, I want you to shoot your hand up right where you are. Anyone at all? All over. Look at the hands. All over the place. I want you right now, I want you to put your hands back up. I want now you, the rest of you, turn around, find somebody. Get in groups there. Find, a, there should be two, three, four people praying with somebody. You need healing tonight. You need healing. I'm believing the Lord is going to make a wonderful, glorious, miraculous appearance in this place tonight for your healing. As you begin to pray for your brothers and your sisters right now, let's pray together and believe. Father, we come to you. We ask you, standing on the promises of your word, we declare, Lord, healing in this house, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. We stand on the promises of God. We believe, Lord, what this word teaches us about you being the atonement, about you being the balm of Gilead, about you being a hand stretched outstretched from God's love to bring healing to the bodies physically, to the hearts and to the minds of your people. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Bring healing alive in this place. Reign in this house, Lord. Health and strength and growth Touch God by your Holy Spirit as we rebuke infirmity, as we come against disease, as we ask you, Lord, to heal and completely deliver your people tonight in the name of Jesus. We stand on the words of God and we declare it done in your precious name. We give you the glory, the praise, the honor, and all of the honor, Lord, rewards that come to us. Give all that glory back to you. We thank you. We honor you. We bless you tonight. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Would you help me to thank all the Celebration Restoration team, Ron, and all you folks that came together. God bless you, man. Really quick, before you go, we do want to make an announcement. If you do not have a home church, someplace, a church body that you belong to, we want you to know that we love you. We want to t help take care of you. Mo Graw, this lady 